today on Learn Me Something. The Greenland Shark versus Chaz. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, my name's Josiah, and this week Caleb is gone. He had a last-minute trip that he had to take. Um, today, I have a stand-in, and this stand-in I I've known for quite a while. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, my name is Chaz. I am currently Josiah's roommate. Uh, I came to know Josiah and Caleb. Oh, it's been eight years now, almost eight and a half years, something like that. So they've been stuck with me for eight and a half years, uh, <laughs> listening to my terrible jokes and getting to know me along the way. So I am very blessed that Caleb decided to uh, not do the show today. So I get to talk and you guys get to hear whatever it is I have to say. So, so thank you, Caleb, for not being here. So I, I was going to just record this by myself. So I've done all the research and I actually have two topics. And so, so what we're going to do today is I'm going to give Chaz a pre-prepared topic that he doesn't know about and he is going to teach me and you as a listener the <laughs> the topic for today. I feel like I'm <laughs> learning myself something at this no, point. No, yeah. I think I'm the only person who's not learning anything. And <laughs> I'll help you along the way if you need help. Um, so I'm excited about that. But if you haven't listened to the show before, normally what would happen is... Um, we teach each other a topic, and then we we have the listeners vote on who won, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But last episode, I lost. Um, I talked about the Sand Mafia, and Caleb talked about the Pixar theory, and apparently people think Pixar theory is more important, but I'm I'm not bitter. Uh, so I the punishment was I had to drink out of a plate for two days. And, oh, I know and that you saw, well because I, I you saw me with him. You saw me drinking out of a plate. It, I would, drinking go, is a loose term. <laughs> Let's be fair here. I had a couple strategies. One was just pick it up like a like it's just a wide cup, like a, very a wide wide cup. Yeah, and just drink it like a chalice, like I'm drinking from a chalice. <laughs> and then my other strategy was just leave it on the table and just slurp it up. That's the one I could hear from across the house quite well. I said, oh, Josiah's still in the middle of that punishment. He's drinking. And I actually, I messed up like the first two days. It was only supposed to be two days, but since I messed up, I drank out of a bottle the first day and then a bottle the second day. <laughs> and uh, so it actually ended up being like four days of drinking out of a plate. So which... what was the worst thing you had to drink from a plate? Out of everything you oh, had to drink. It was the the protein shake that I didn't shake up that well. So Ew. there's just little chunks of powder in it still. <laughs> and you can't like shake it up once. You, like in, if it's normally in like a shaker cup, you can still shake it if it's not fully shaken. Mm -hmm. But once it's on the plate, you can't do much. You just got to just gotta go for it. Just got to so. slurp up the chunky protein shake. Yeah, I did not enjoy that very much. So I'm glad it's over. Um, we're not going to ha have a punishment today because I feel like that would be bad for Chaz, <laughs> not knowing what he was going to present, having would, no say. It would be a bit of a lose-lose because either I would lose without having prepared my own topic or I would beat Josiah who prepared both <laughs> of them. <laughs> so either way, I don't think it would work out that well. Yeah, and I did, I did like the idea of just telling Caleb that Chaz was his stand-in and that Caleb would have to do the punishment if Chaz lost, <laughs> but... Uh, I want to keep doing the podcast and that well, might drive yeah, away. <laughs> it might, might make Caleb leave. <laughs> um, so before we start, I actually, we have some big, big news chats. Oh really? Yes. I don't even know what this big yes. news is. So we are just like any other podcast or YouTube channel or anybody who makes anything. We are dropping merch. Wow. <laughs> no way. So <laughs> do I get roommate discount on this? Um, No. I don't even get a discount. Don't, don't I'll give you a sticker. I've got stickers coming in the mail. Oh, okay. I'll give you a sticker. I'll take a free take, sticker. Take your pick of a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Maybe that can be uh, my thank you for <laughs> presenting this thing I'm to me. I'm honored by the free sticker. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. So you can actually get shirts, hoodies, stickers, pins. I think there's magnets on there. There's one mug. Just one. There's one design. <laughs> There's only one <laughs> available. So Limited edition. Get it while it lasts. This is a collector's item here. Um, yeah. So they 
They are based on previous episodes we've done. So we have one that's um, inspired by the first episode, Ballin' with Kim Jong-un. And then we have another one that's inspired by The Rock Dove. Um, we have a War Elephant one and a Huga one. Ugh, they all sound great. Yeah, so you can put any of those on a shirt, a hoodie, or a sticker, or... Or what have you. So when will these become available? Uh, they're available right now. Oh, so, right now. Yeah, you can actually go. It's kind of. <laughs> we still got some kinks to work out, but it's kind of hard to go directly to the website. It's tpublic.com slash user slash learn dash podcast. So if you don't want to re- yeah. <laughs> remember that and like rewind and type it all out, you can just go to any of our social media, mm. Instagram, Twitter, or Reddit. <laughs> Twitter or Reddit. Cut that out. Uh, you can just go to <laughs> any of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Reddit, and it's all in the bio there. It'll take you to a link, which will take you to the merch. Much easier that um, way, so you should do that. Yes. I mean, it's still a little complicated. We've still got things to work out. We're still fairly new, so. Got to get that merch, though. Yeah. Maybe it's good if it's a little bit hard to get, because then you like put in some work, and it's like a treasure hunt. Once you get there, the payoff is more worth it. So true. That's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, so they're pretty... I try to keep them as cheap as possible. Um, I think they're cool. In price, and, uh, not quality. Let me <laughs> let me add that in there. No, it's just... Yeah, it's the cheapest. We Yeah, we're charging like 50 bucks a shirt. But it's horrible quality. <laughs> it falls apart as you wear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of a fun, quirky little thing that we like to do. Shirts are 20 bucks. Uh, stickers are... 250 hoodies are 45 that's quite a bit we'll see if we can get that down probably not but yeah um if you're interested you can go check those out um we'll probably post some of the designs on social media also and uh, i am excited to hear what you guys think about them because there is more coming um okay so today Chaz, yes i'm ready i have prepared a zoology special Oh. And of course, zoology is the study of animals. Animals. Ooh. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm not going to give you my, I'm not going to give you your topic yet. I'm going to present mine. Okay. And then I'll have you finish us off with your, with your topic. Got it. Okay. Ready? Okay. So today I am going to be talking about the Greenland shark. The Greenland shark. Yes. Guess where it's from? Denmark. Yeah. A little bit. Really? Mostly, mostly <laughs> on... <laughs> it's mostly lo- located uh, in the northern Atlantic and all around Greenland, of course. I was going for the trick question answer. Well, it's it's also like in the North Sea above like around Scandinavia area. Ooh, okay. So cold, deep, scary ocean. Um, it's the longest living shark in the world. And in my opinion, also the grossest shark in the world. Oh. And I think you will agree with me as we learn a little bit more about it. Oh, I'm ready to learn about the Greenland shark. Okay, so it belongs to the squaliform order. And do you know what squalid means? Squalid. Yeah. Sounds like a cross between liquid and solid. Oh, like... Like a lol squid. <laughs> no, that's a different deep sea creature. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so squalid means extremely dirty or unpleasant. And some synonyms of squalid include filthy, grubby, grimy, mucky, and slummy. This is a scientific term? No, it's it belongs to the order Squaliform, and that just mm. kind of gives you an idea of the type of animal that it is, I, I, in my opinion, yeah. mm-hmm. and whoever named <laughs> the, the order that. Um, according to one man, for fishermen, catching a Greenland shark is about as exciting as stepping in dog poop, which is not that exciting. <laughs> so not very thrilling. No. Um, typically, Greenland sharks spend their time deep in the ocean during the summer and spend time closer to the surface during the winter. They like the r- water temperature to hover right around freezing. They like it cold. Mm-hmm. And they've been observed at depths of almost 6,000 feet. So they mm-hmm. they come up, up to the surface, but they also go way down. Creepy little guys. Makes they're, sense. They're grayish with some nasty little pearl white goblin eyes. Oh, yes. And... Uh, <laughs> And they have rough sandpapery skin. And uh, according to this account from like the 1800s, some sailors used to save pieces of its skin and use it to polish wood. Oh, my. (laughs) That's pretty gross. Um, Do you have any skin issues? Because if you do. um, Uh, They pale in comparison to the Greenland sharks. 
Yeah, or yeah. I would suggest uh, lotion. I've, I've if, never never tried to use my skin as sandpaper, but I I feel like the Greenland sharks got me beat. If you uh, if any of you listeners, if that sounds like something that you're dealing with, then uh, go to your dermatologist. Okay. <laughs> um, so here's an account from Henry William Dewhurst, the author of the Natural History of the Order of Cetacea from 1834. They weren't the most clever. With book titles back then. I was going to say, it's, it's a little bit wordy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clickbait hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> um, if I were to write a book about the Greenland shark, I think I would call it The Many Mysteries of the Pea Shark. Did that get your attention? That, that, yeah. That's a hook right there. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's clickbaity. So anyway, here's what, here's what Henry, Henry wrote. Excuse me. When hoisted upon deck, it beats so violently with its tail that it is dangerous to be near and the seamen generally dispatch it without much loss of time. The pieces that are cut off exhibit a contraction of their muscular fibers for some time after life is extinct. It is therefore extremely difficult to kill and unsafe to trust the hand within the mouth, even when the head is cut off. And if we were to believe Krantz, which is some other sailor, Mm -hmm. this motion is to be observed three days after if the part is trod on or struck. So basically... If you kick the severed head of a three days dead Greenland shark, it may snap at you, try and bite you. How fun is that? Uh, <laughs> You're speechless. <laughs> I, isn't it like if you cut the head off a chicken that runs around for like 10 minutes or something? Yeah. Yeah. But, but three days. Potentially, yeah. Three days and it'll still. And just snapping and biting. So it sounds like it's got some zombie like qualities. And if that's not creepy enough for you, Keep listening. It probably looks like a zombie, so I mean, it fits. It, honestly, it kind of does. If yeah, you there, you see, it looks I'm, like a zombie shark. I'm getting this down. Um, so most Greenland sharks have little worms that suck on their eyes until they go blind. How, that's so disgusting. Oh my god! Um, they're a parasite called a copepod, and they latch onto the shark's eyes and feed on the cornea tissue, like for the rest of their lives. And it scars the eyes and eventually blinds many of the Greenland sharks. Um, oh, that, is, that is repulsive. So, however, since they can often be found at depths where there is no light, they have a good sense of smell and they don't typically need their <laughs> eyesight anyway. So, uh, yeah, like who needs to see? Maybe they enjoy the company of the copepods because Greenland sharks are solo travelers. So maybe it's just nice to have some company swimming around, looking for a mate, looking for some food. Yeah, you see that? He just looked up a picture. See that yeah. uh, little thing dangling on its eye? Can you just imagine if that happened to humans? Oh, and we just didn't care. Like, we just eh, didn't care. Like, whatever. Yeah, we don't need our eyes. <laughs> you just see people walking around with worms hanging off. Oh, that is so disgusting. <laughs> um, okay, it's just point after point of proof that the greenland shark is so gross he's, he's a beaut clark <laughs> there, he's a beaut. there are some redeeming qualities though oh good that, i was hoping there was, it was something. <laughs> um so they spend much of their lives looking for food and mates and the female has a gestation period of 8 to 18 years and can produce 10 pups per litter Being <laughs> pregnant for 18 can you imagine? years yeah i mean i don't really i can't imagine what it's like to just be pregnant at all but no for 18 years do either how long do they live what's their life that is a very good question if they're pregnant for 18 (laughs) years and they live like 19 years that's kind of a bummer um okay this this is a little clue it's estimated that females can have 200 to 700 pups during their lifetime and they don't reach sexual maturity for 150 years Hold on. <laughs> You're going to have to do the math for me on that. Okay, so they're they're late bloomers. Yeah. Um, so, um, like I said, oldest shark in the world. And did I say this? Yeah, longest living shark in the world. It's also the longest living vertebrate. Wow. It's got some awards on the shelf. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, scientists have been able to find their age by counting growth rings on their spines and their vertebrae, sort of like you would count tree rings on a tree cookie, you know? Oh, interesting. So wow. like, it's like a tree shark. So they found one 16-foot female shark um, that was between 272 
and 512 years old. No way. What? And so they think that the largest sharks could be 600 years old, potentially. How insane is that? So there's like a shark swimming around right now. Pre-America. Like pre-America, pre-Protestant Reformation, (laughs) going back to like the Crusades. Potentially, yeah. That's amazing. What the heck? Yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah. So how is this possible? You might be wondering. I was wondering that exactly. Um, scientists aren't quite sure. <laughs> and <there> it is. <laughs> but it's assumed they have a very slow metabolism and living in the deep, cold waters might have something to do with it. So it's almost like being frozen salad. Yeah, like Captain America kind of. Or Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yep. Different. <laughs> yeah, Um, I guess. That's that's about <laughs> all I could find. <laughs> um, So uh, I just... Do they, what do they do for that long? You're just swimming for years and years and years. It's being a solo traveler. You got to be, especially the men, because if you, your lady gets yeah. pregnant, <laughs> you're, she's going to be pregnant for 18 years. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> just swim the ocean, I guess. Yeah. Look, keep looking for food. Look for a different mate. I don't, I think, I think they mate with different I should have looked this up. I think they mate with different sharks and they don't like stay with the same shark. Hmm. I mean, I guess they just see how many laps they can do around yeah. the Scandinavian <laughs> yep. part of the ocean. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm on lap six. <laughs> um, yeah. So what do, do they like? Do they learn? Do they get wise? Do they like play? Do they I wonder explore? If- like you said, they go up and down in the water levels. Yeah. Do you think it's like, I feel like going up to the surface today, so they just shoot straight upward. Or do you think it's over the span of like a month, they go up 50 feet each day Oh, uh, and then back down? No. Because they're <laughs> just, just that bored with their lives. They're like, let's see how slowly I can get to the surface. <laughs> no, I think I think they do it pretty quickly. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, a little bit more of that type of, we're going to talk about their speed. Oh, uh, yes. So they they have no hard tissue. Even the vertebrae are soft, um, which is just kind of weird. And Not that they're like squishy. I was going to say. Like not a, they're like a jellyfish. They're like but, a jellyfish shark. <laughs> um, no, they, they have like lots of teeth like a normal shark, but whatever soft tissue means. And uh, there's no recorded attacks on humans. <laughs> Mostly because they live out in really cold and potentially deep water. Because most normal humans aren't swimming in the ocean in Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, But they are scavengers and have been observed to catch live prey. So they eat a lot of types of fish. Uh, Somebody found the beak of a squid in the stomach of a Greenland shark once. What? Kind of insane. That's A a colossal squid. They found a, a moose in there. They found some polar bear carcass in there once what and one time they found a like an entire reindeer carcass like the whole thing oh my gosh and um you'll love this the greenland shark swims at a whopping speed of 0.76 miles an hour (laughs) hold on they're out here horking down whole reindeer (laughs) but they swim at point what now? They do. They have a lot of teeth. Point six, no, point seven six miles an hour. How do they catch anything? So that's the thing. It's theorized that they just <laughs> they swim up to it while it's sleeping, or with like in the case of the polar bear, it was probably was dead, and then it just. I would hope so. Um, or that's the dumbest. <laughs> what is that thing coming at me? Let's see what's inside. <laughs> so I, it's theorized that they just open their mouth next to the thing whatever's floating there and then it just sucks it right in like a vacuum <laughs> as the water goes into their stomach so does the, the meat or whatever it is just this very slow moving <gasps> mouth <laughs> does it snap does it at least snap its I don't, jaw i don't know i would assume not because it's just like this <laughs> extremely slow closing of the jaw. It could. Maybe it just swims slow, but it's like mouth is real quick. I don't know. I'm intrigued. It doesn't look like it has the biggest mouth either. That's the yeah. impressive part yeah. to me. Yeah. So maybe it was like a baby reindeer. Um, so uh, it's edible also. Just look at a picture of that and just imagine eating that. Mm-mm. 
I don't prefer to eat anything that has worms attached yeah, to the eyeball. And just doesn't care. Um, I, I don't really eat anything that has worms attached to it. Oh, period, okay. Whether they, oh, okay. The <laughs> <animal care laughs> That's okay. That's fair. Um, so they're edible, but it requires a special treatment. Either you can boil it several times in uh, different pots of water, or you can dry it and ferment it. Um, Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Other, <laughs> otherwise, it can cause an effect similar to extreme drunkenness. So it's like toxic meat. So they found wow. some sled dogs had gotten into uh, some raw meat, and they couldn't stand up <laughs> for a while. So it's bad. But in, in Iceland, it's a delicacy. Those Icelandics, they, they know how to cook. <laughs> they do. One Icelandic man who prepares the shark said, if you eat it raw, you'll get sick. If you eat a little more, you'll go blind, apparently. <laughs> and if you eat a little bit more, you could die. But it's really good. Uh, no. The meat, typically in Iceland, the meat, the meat is buried for six to eight weeks. And then they, hung, they hang it in strips to dry for a few more months. So it gets slightly fermented. And it like oozes. I was watching this video. And it like smells horrible. It smells like uh, pee and ammonia. <laughs> that explains why this headline I found of it says... This Greenland shark is not actually full of pee. <laughs> yeah. I was going to wait to ask you that one, but that, that answers that question. No, that's perfect timing. The skin actually has a high urea content, and so it's not <laughs> filled with pee. But it, it kind of acts as a antifreeze, so it kind of mm. keeps them warm, apparently. And so according to Inuit legend, an old woman washed her hair in urine, dried it with a cloth, and that cloth blew away into the ocean. And that became the first Greenland shark. Which explains the sandpapery skin, kind of. Sure. And the, <laughs> sure. the urine smell. And according to Iglulik Inuit belief, the Greenland shark lives in the toilet of goddess of the sea, Sedna. And that's why it smells like urine. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's a story. Yeah. That is a legend. Uh-huh. And... Uh, it's it's kind of been featured in pop culture a little bit. Anthony Bourdain described it as the single worst, most disgusting, and terrible tasting thing he has ever eaten. Wow, that's <laughs> and, saying something. And that guy has eaten a lot <laughs> of stuff around the world. <laughs> he's gone around. He's, he's known for eating strange things. Um, on an episode of River Monsters, Jeremy Wade said the flesh smells of urine that has a really strong aftertaste that really kicks in. He said it, it really kicks in at the back of the throat after you take your first bite. <laughs> he said he, <laughs> it was really unlike anything he's tried before it was like a really strong cheese but with a definite fish element so what you're saying is if you listeners out there are ever swimming in the north scandinavian atlantic ocean and you smell pee and you didn't go <laughs> you're gonna be fine because it swims That's at so 0. 0.76 <laughs> miles an hour just don't take a bite of it um and one guy described the taste as sweet, nutty, and only faintly fishy. However, he said, that's hardcore. That's serious food. You don't want to mess with that. That's not for beginners. <laughs> Was this guy just anonymous? <laughs> no, it's, it's, he has a show called Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern. Uh-huh. Um, and they say it doesn't taste as bad as it smells. <laughs> but some people say it just doesn't taste good either. So it's a delicacy because it's, it's historical and... Even if people don't like love it, it's just like apparently a cultural thing that they mm -hmm. do at parties. I was intrigued how it could be a delicacy if everyone on earth says that it's terrible. No, people, pe some people like it and say it's an acquired taste, but... Isn't that what people say when it just yeah, tastes terrible yep, and yep. they want people to try yeah, it anyways? Yeah, yep. It's acquired. That's just what, keep eating if it. You, <laughs> if you make something that's disgusting and people are like, oh, this is not that good. No, it's acquired taste. I love it. You just have to get used <laughs> to it after eating it every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the Greenland shark, the grossest shark out there. Potentially grossest animal. But um, yeah. although, although it's fascinating and disgusting... But interesting, but gag-inducing. It's redeeming quality. <laughs> is that there are scientific discoveries to be made about its lifespan and how it lives so long? So That's which true. there's yeah. it's it's got some potential for uh, us to learn from. Um. So, but in review, the Greenland shark is the world's oldest shark and world's oldest vertebrate. 
has worms on its eyes. It's very slow. It eats whatever it can find. It smells and tastes like pee. And if, <laughs> if you eat it raw, it'll make you sick. <laughs> what a great suffering. <laughs> smells and tastes like pee. <laughs> Shove that one aside. Look at everything else about it. Yeah. Wow. They're yeah, big. Yeah, uh, twelve to twenty feet, I think. I read so pretty decently large too. Um, okay, huh. so there's the Greenland shark. You uh, can store that one away for Jeopardy one day. I I will. The day I go on Jeopardy and get a question about Greenland shark, I will come back and thank you. Good. I'll get yes. you a sticker. Good. Oh, give me my sticker back. <laughs> Here's your sticker back. <laughs> That's how Chaz. Uh, pays for rent is stickers Josiah has a lot of stickers <laughs> um so before we move on to your topic which you yes. still have to learn about or yeah. you don't you don't know what it is <laughs> but you know it's zoology themed um we actually have a way for you listeners to support the podcast so if you want either a 30-day free trial of audible or a two-week free trial on skillshare um you can Find those in the bios of our social media or in the the uh, show notes. Click on that. That supports us a little bit. And I I really like both of these things anyway. I use them anyway. So I'm, I'm happy to uh, recommend them. Um, if you choose the Audible, I guess you can do both. You can win, always win. do both. Win-win. Yes, absolutely. Learn, fr- learn how to do something. Learn about a topic. Very true. All sorts of learning going on. A recent book that I listened to on Audible that's free with they have a, a premium catalog, so it's mm-hmm. it's just all included. You don't have to. It's like basically a subscription. So if you get the free trial, you can have access to these thousands of books, which is pretty cool. So one of those yeah. is called "The Boy Who Played with Fu- uh, Boy Who Played with Fusion," I think. It's better than "The Boy Who Cried Wolf." <laughs> uh, this time he's playing with Fusion, <laughs> and uh, I th- think instead of his father scolding him for crying wolf the world implodes yeah the boy who played with fusion it's about uh the youngest person to have ever created a nuclear reactor he was 14 oh. very interesting book so kind of like is this a true story yeah yeah so like a real life iron man kind of thing going uh-huh. on here. okay uh, yeah tony stark as um, a kid yes very interesting book and uh i'd recommend that if you are looking for something to listen to and that's one of those free ones that you can just get if you have the Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So you can get that or in addition to anything of your choosing. Skillshare, that is a 14-day free trial and uh, lots of great classes on there. You mm-hmm. can learn about uh, animation. You can learn about cooking or productivity. I saw there's some on there. You got some classes on photography, uh, music, web development. So um, I like Skillshare. Yeah. Have you ever used either of these? I, I have heard raving reviews about Audible. Uh, I personally, I am a physical book type oh, of person. Okay. I don't like to listen yeah, to yeah, books. Yeah. Um, I like to read them, but I yeah, have heard great fair. things. I've never heard about Skillshare before, though. So really? That's a good one. I okay. haven't. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so if you want to help support the podcast, you can go check that out. Again, it's just in the show notes or the bio of any of our social medias. And that'll help us out. So thanks for considering that okay Chaz I am uh, I'm ready here this one's gonna be a little bit shorter it's only one page okay got it um but here you go you ready yes sliding it over before I look at this let me just reemphasize that I have no clue <laughs> what I'm about to learn so be kind to me when you leave a review saying that Chaz is the worst learn me something guest host ever um, remember that I don't know what I'm speaking on. Well, you are the best and the worst. I am the best. Because you're and only the, worst. the the only guest host we've had so far. So, without further ado, are you guys ready to <laughs> learn about flamingos? <laughs> okay, teach us. Teach us about flamingos, Chaz. <laughs> what have you got? I was expecting some extremely long, nope. <laughs> like. The bull-headed fish of the northern tribes of Canada. <laughs> now, just kidding. It's flamingos. <laughs> so, uh, let's learn about flamingos, shall we? At the beginning of last year, there was this viral video of flamingos. Josiah is going to talk about this, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, I saw this video last year. Um, it was... Okay, so picture two adult flamingos 
uh, one had its beak like like it was feeding the chick, uh-huh. like beak to beak. And then there was another one who's, I'm assuming, either the mom or dad. It had its beak on the head of the other one. So it was like stacked. And there was like red liquid coming out of the... Have you seen this? No, I have clearly never not. seen <laughs> Based this Based on the face video. you just made. Um, had this red liquid coming out of its the top one's beak that was like running down the face of the mom. And it looked like it was just like blood, just like attacking it or something. So I was very curious about that. And that got you thinking. Yes. And so can you uh, tell me more about that yes, eventually? I would love to tell you more about the red oozing thing coming out of the flamingo. Uh, we're going to start with the life cycle, life cycle of the flamingo. So uh, the flamingo actually begins, uh, for those of you that know, don't know this, flamingos are born in an egg. Uh, they have a very unique way of hatching from the egg, though. Because you see a flamingo... <laughs> You're doing a great job. <laughs> a, a flamingo uh, breaks out of its egg, pecks out of its egg, with its egg tooth, which is a little toothy thing on top of its beak. So wow. what I'm picturing here <laughs> is a regular-looking beak on yep, a bird. Yep. And then on the top of it, you got like a tooth. Yep. It just... Yep. It kind of ramrods its way right out of there with something on top of its beak. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, they don't want to damage the moneymaker, the, the beak itself. Right. Yes. Which we'll learn about later, I'm assuming. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming as well. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit more about the, the uh, red liquid that I mentioned earlier? So, yes. Uh, after the babies hatch, uh, both of the parents actually uh, take part in producing food for their young. Okay. Uh, it's not just the mother or the father. They both do this. And this, this food is called red crop milk. Oh, so that was what the, that's, the liquid was. That's what was. you were looking at. Do you like, and it sounds do you like as, how I'm setting you up, asking you these questions? <laughs> He's a great co-host. He's so good at this. Uh, this red crop milk is red in color. <laughs> Oh, okay. I know, okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, it's high in fat and protein, and it's actually a throat secretion of the flamingo. Oh, that's disgusting. Which sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. I'd kind of prefer the eye-sucking worm on the okay. shark. Copepod, than, yeah. Then the throat secretion. Just sounds like phlegm, yeah. except it's bloody color. Secretion is one of my least favorite words of all time. I've heard you say that before. Yeah, yeah. 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 I will make sure to say it as often as possible. Good. So this, the secretion of the flamingo uh, is fed to the young until they're old enough to eat on their own. Okay. At that point, they start to bre- uh, create their own secretion from the throat, <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> so here's a fun fact. Uh, you look at flamingos and you think of them as very colorful, right? right? Yeah. Uh, apparently, <laughs> as I'm learning... <laughs> Adults are actually drained of color as they feed their young the red crop milk. Uh, and they don't actually get it back until the baby flamingo's beak is curved enough to eat on its own. Okay. So it's almost as if the color of the flamingo, the throat secretion, is connected. And so when you get rid of all your throat secretion, mm-hmm. you, you turn into a pale bird. Uh-huh. That's true. So imagine, uh, as a human, if you just started coughing up all your phlegm every single day, <laughs> and you became uh, very pale-skinned, and that's that kind of where flamingos. we're at okay. <laughs> with flamingos, except for them, it's red throat secretion. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, mine's not red. I hope not. You should <laughs> check out if it's red. So once the babies uh, can eat themselves, they no longer have to produce that, and Hold they on. get their color back. They can eat themselves. They don't eat themselves. Yeah, they okay. eat on their own. Okay. Yeah. Baby flamingos don't have this weird innate desire to eat themselves. <laughs> Thank goodness. Nipping on their, their toes and stuff. And like a frog. I'm pretty sure frogs, yeah, frogs eat their skin after they shed it. That's, I've heard that before. I didn't know that. So they're not like frogs. Today is a day of gross facts about animals. Uh, As the young start feeding on algae, uh, that gives them their color. So the young are also quite pale. Yeah, they start gray. They start very gray. Yeah. But as they begin eating algae, of all things, they become pink. Yeah, and that's what gives them their color. So gray plus green 
equals pink. Okay, so you mentioned that they uh, their beaks get curved. Mm-hmm. Why yes. is that? Or like, what happens? So they have this creepy curved beak uh, <laughs> that can open with their upper or lower jaw. <laughs> Uh, and it, it has a purpose. It's not just curved because they wanted it to be curved. They actually use the beak as sort of a dredge for sand. And so the sand can be dredged for food upside down as they walk through the mud. Yeah, so they like drag their beak. They, they tip their head upside down and drag it through the mud. They stick their head into the mud yeah, between then, their legs. And, and just stir up the food and then eat as they walk. And then it just acts like a scoop almost. Well, it's like back a backwards but, scoop. Uh, yeah. Somehow it works though, right? I'm assuming. It, it has yes. to. There wouldn't be flamingos <laughs> if it didn't work because they'd all die. <laughs> so as they walk through the mud, they just kind of dredge through the sand and they get some food out of there. Okay. Looking um, for some stuff. Yeah. So like typically when you think of flamingos, they're like standing on one leg. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Uh, well... <laughs> This seems to be the common answer among scientists for animals. <laughs> Why do animals do that? Scientists have the answer and that they don't know. Uh. It's just, what are we paying scientists to do all their time? And so it's not understood why they stand on one leg, but of course there are theories. So the first theory we have here is that standing on one leg preserves body heat. Okay. So I'm guessing just that one extra leg tucked in. <laughs> That'll do it. It'll keep you... Keep you safe. I mean, if you stand on one leg right now with your leg tucked into your belly, yeah, I feel like your belly will get a little warm. Maybe. And yeah. your leg will stay warmer. Maybe. I feel like you'll have a good internal body temperature. Yeah. Um, but the problem with that is that flamingos have been observed standing on one foot, one, f- one, foot, one foot in warm water. So oh. they... So maybe it's not for... <laughs> so they, <laughs> if they're standing in warm water, they probably don't need to preserve body yeah, heat. Maybe. But that's a theory. Okay. Um, you see, it has been discovered that there's actually no muscle strain when they stand on one leg. Okay. So it's almost like they're just standing normal at that point. Okay. It's not difficult for them to stand on one leg for a long time. Hmm. So unlike humans where standing on one leg is going to put a lot of pressure, Yeah. flamingos are like, meh. Yeah. This is just kind of comfy. It's how the cool kids, the cool flamingos stand. So they all started doing it. Okay. And they can, they can lock into place so that's why exactly right it's just comfy yes they just lock it in and they just chill yeah and then when they're ready to go they put their foot down and they put their beak in the sand and they dredge maybe it is a cultural thing like it's just like trendy it could be we we don't know the psyche of flamingos yeah scientists don't have an answer for that of course but maybe flamingos are just very much so based on popularity yeah yeah Who's they, the cool flamingo? The guy, there's Jerry over there standing on one leg. He's the cool guy. We're all going to stand on one leg now. You know what? Actually, this isn't in the notes, but they, they're like a mating ritual. All the males gather together and they like stand straight up with their necks and faces pointing up. And then they just like walk around as a group. <laughs> so it's like a group mating ritual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they pick their mate after that. Which is, it's like, they're all, they're very much uh, a collective and they're like all about just a big group. Yeah. And they, they travel together and stay in large groups. So I I love, I love a good analogy. So let's just, let's pretend like a bunch of uh, men wanted to do what male flamingos do. Yeah. So we just get a bunch of, uh, if we were, if we were single, we would just get a bunch of our single friends. Okay. Yep. Yep. And we would stick our heads straight up in the sky. Yeah, look as tall as possible. Get really tall. Walk around. And we would just strut around downtown. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then women would be like, I like that one. Yep. Yep. And they'd pull us aside. <laughs> and but- we'd go get coffee. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's probably what it's like. So yeah. then what happens to like the poor schlubs? There's like three left walking uh, around with their faces up in the air and Better luck next time, I guess. All right. Survival of the fittest. You learned something about flamingo mating rituals. Uh, let's continue. Flamingos, they, they can actually fly long distances. I personally did not know this. Um, yeah. I know that you uh, wrote the script for this, <laughs> but can you? do you remember how much they weigh and um, uh, how long they are? Um, yeah, they can be up to five feet tall with a larger wingspan, and they're only up to eight pounds. Can you imagine? That's... <laughs> That's an like eight, a big bird. An eight-pound bird 
it's five feet tall. That's so light. That's so crazy to me. That's amazing. What is eight pounds for reference? Mm, it's like a five pound weight and then a three pound okay, weight. Okay, so add a five pound weight to like a three a, pound A five weight. pound dumbbell and then a three pound dumbbell. And then stretch it so it's five feet long. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, and it has a creepy little beak. So knowing that, it's not a surprise that they can fly very far because they have massive wingspans, but they're not carrying any weight. So apparently, according to a story, one flamingo actually escaped from a zoo in Kansas. And it was found in three separate states. At the same time. <laughs> At the same time. It hit a plane. It was found it was in it was found in Texas, Wisconsin, and Louisiana. So from Kansas, almost smack dab in the middle of the continental United States, it ended up in Texas, all the way up to Wisconsin, and also in Louisiana. They they get around. They get around. They're only, they don't have luggage. They're only eight pounds. <laughs> eight pounds is not much. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm learning a lot about the speech I'm giving to you. <laughs> Good. And that was over the course of 14 years, I believe. 14 years. They yeah. couldn't catch the thing for 14 years? You, they're pretty easy to see, I would think. I mean, I don't know. I don't live in Wisconsin, but do you Wisconsinites <laughs> have a lot of flamingos just wandering the streets? Is that just a common sight? Maybe somebody like took it in as a pet. And just kept it secret for a while, and then just they knew it was time. You gotta let him go. <laughs> you gotta let him go, man. You gotta fly. <laughs> and he went to Louisiana because <laughs> he was craving some Cajun. Uh, all right, so flamingos. There's actually six types of flamingos, um, and two of them are the greater flamingo. No. Oh, sorry. Two of which are the greater flamingo and the lesser flamingo. I don't know who named them or why one of them is so inferior that it needed to be named that, but I feel bad for the lesser flamingo. Uh, I wrote that. <laughs> so what you're saying is of the types of flamingos, they're named the greater and the lesser. And then there's four others, but those aren't, I don't care about those as much. Just why? why? That's so hard. Why would you name one the lesser flamingo and one the greater flamingo? Like, oh, look at that one. They're pretty. That's a great. I hate that one. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> are they? Is it just some scientists sitting where a bunch of flamingos are saying that's a greater one, that's a lesser one? <laughs> that and one's not very good. They're all actually the same type. Of flamingo. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably the same scientist that named uh, the squaliform order. Squaliform dark, dark sharks. And then last and surely not least of all the facts about flamingos, we find that the Romans used to eat their tongues as a delicacy. Wait, the Romans used to eat their own tongues as a delicacy? Yeah, we, we <laughs> just decided to take a detour to the Romans. <laughs> I just learned you something about the ancient Romans. No, Romans apparently used to eat flamingo tongues as a delicacy. Huh. So we come full circle with both topics to delicacies. Yeah, eating weird delicacies. Also, apparently, flamingos have tongues. I knew that. Oh. I you know, know you know, they open their beak and they get their long Blah. tongue. Yeah. I think you're thinking of a woodpecker. No. Oh. Maybe you're thinking of an anteater. A giraffe? Yeah, you know, I usually get my flamingos <laughs> mixed up with my anteaters and yeah. giraffes. Yeah, I figured, but... Sometimes I just wonder to myself, was Arthur a flamingo or an anteater? Yeah, I think... Um, I think he was probably an anteater. Yeah. So that's why. Okay. That makes sense why you got that confused then. <laughs> so there you go. Your first ever guest host has just learned you something about flamingos of which he knew basically nothing. Well done. I'm pretty impressed actually. I appreciate you, that. Thank you, you. I kind of was expecting you to just like read it, but you, you added your own stuff. You added some in-betweens. You made it your own. I, I do my best out there. The only thing that I really read word for word was the part about the greater and lesser <laughs> because it was just it was just too good, too well written. Yeah. To not It was like read. a poem. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was poetic. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. Josiah so. is quite the poet. Yeah. Um thank you for learning me that. I'm glad um, that you learned something that you'd already known. I'm thoroughly impressed. <laughs> Um, so I guess since we're not going to do a, a punishment, um, what do we do now? This is like throwing off the whole uh, order of how we normally do things. I, I'm not sure. I'm really the guest here. So I am uh, just 
here to help out as here. much as I can. I've got an idea. Um, we we want to hear from you some good uh, punishment ideas. If you have any, let us know um, because they make us laugh and it's fun to think about them. I'm going to read you a few. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to read you these, Chaz, a few that I've come up with, and I want to hear your opinion. Um, and hopefully this doesn't ruin anything. I'll, I'll, I'll do the ones that like <laughs> are pretty out there. Um, how about this one? Pay to go skydiving, but chicken out at the last second and ride the plane back down. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Ooh, that's just a complete waste of money. A complete waste of money. That one's that one's pretty brutal. That one's pretty out there because we don't have money to do that. (laughs) Um, it's all, all. There's no such thing as a bad brainstorming idea. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything to get yeah. You Anything just get stuff out there. Day. It gets gets ideas rolling. Um, oh, this is a good one. This won't work though. But it's called the Waffle House Challenge. Have you heard of this? I've heard of Waffle House. Oh okay. Um, so the Waffle House Challenge is where you have to stay there for 24 hours, but each waffle you eat takes off an hour. So you could stay there for 12 hours and eat 12 waffles, or you could stay there okay. for one hour and eat 23 waffles. Or stay there the whole time and not eat any waffles. I've never been to Waffle House, so uh, uh, forgive, I haven't either. forgive my ignorance of uh, any Waffle House knowledge. Um, but I feel like I would try my best to just hork down 24 <laughs> waffles and get out of there. As fast as possible. I've, I've driven by my fair share of Waffle Houses, and I, I feel like it's... It's not my favorite place to yeah, eat. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you hork down 22 waffles and you're only there for two hours, I feel like that would be fine to go out the door and just puke and yeah. be done. Yeah. It kind of would like match the aura, <laughs> match the... I also don't know how big their <laughs> waffles are. So if their waffles like... Yeah, I don't know. As big as the table, you're in trouble. Maybe one day, <laughs> once we have um, have sold enough merch... And you can just drive to the nearest waffle house, <laughs> yeah. Which is from Montana. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, might be one in Seattle, or is it just a southern thing? I would guess Seattle is your best guess, or maybe Denver. <laughs> okay, here's another idea that is not gonna make it, but, <laughs> but it's you just really like it's it. It's just, it's just funny. Um, you have to eat like a thousand percent of your daily intake, or daily recommended intake of vitamin C, or like you just have to like. OD on vitamin C. <laughs> so you're just eating oranges all day, all day, all day long. as much as possible. <laughs> is and that emergency? Is that safe? <laughs> that's pro- that's why I don't know if it's safe. <laughs> I mean, I will admit that when I get sick, usually I I put down quite yeah. a few packets of emergency. Yeah, but like if you just eat pure but, emergency just all day, that's all you eat. I don't know how healthy that is. But it's a funny idea. Funny idea. Yeah. Would it like turn you orange or would you just, would it make your immune system impenetrable? Like you become invincible. Invincible. Okay. You become, um, you'd never die at that point. Okay. So maybe it will not make that a punishment, but like a reward. If you win. <laughs> if you win, you have to eat only vitamin C things all day. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if, if any of those gave you, any of you listeners, any ideas, uh, let us know. Because uh, we're always looking for ideas. Those are great. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I I am a little bit bummed that my idea, I, which I've suggested twice, has never come through. Um, I feel like it's fair to not do my idea now since it's winter. But I oh. I got to the finals in one of your voting. Yeah. Um, but I was not chosen. My idea was to make the loser spend 12 hours in a tree. No, Actually, I literally wrote that down, but yes. I, I only, All right. no, as my own idea too. Oh, really? Yeah. But I only had eight hours. Oh yeah. Maybe that's a little more manageable, but I, yeah, one day. I just think that would be hilarious that you'd have to spend 12 <laughs> hours in a tree, not you even s- like hammocking in a tree. Just you'd up in a tree. Sit and stand on a limb. Could you like, hours. could you make your own little setup? Like put a chair up there and a little desk. I feel like you could bring anything cord. you wanted okay, up there. That's fair. Yeah. Except things that would help the seating, sitting or standing part. Oh, so you just have to sit on a branch. You for, have to sit or stand. Oh the whole my time. gosh! That so would, you could bring up, you know, books to read, computer, you know, portable charger. That but sounds horrible. <laughs> 
that that's one, a punishment though and i think the my other punishment that you just inspired me for um not too long ago was the loser has to um I don't even know if this is possible, but enter into a slam poetry contest. No. And perform. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. I think that would be a great one. I don't even know funny. if anywhere around us has slam poetry, but it would be hilarious to watch either of you do that. <laughs> Maybe you'd even have to have it filmed and put it oh, on your social sure. media. Oh, for sure. For sure. 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I would just... I would... I would even pay money to watch you or Caleb do slam poetry. We can host our own slam poetry. Even night. better, you have to <laughs> host a slam poetry. Or and you're, you're the only one. Or what you could do is even entering in a slam poetry and you would purposely have to do terrible. Oh. Just make horrible poetry or something. That's pretty good. Just to see what their reaction would that's be. That's good. I like it and I hate it, which that, is a sign of a good that's punishment. That's a good punishment right <laughs> yeah. there. Okay, thank you so much for uh, joining me last minute. I asked him like a couple hours ago. I was like, do you, do you want to do it with me? He's like, sure. <laughs> it, it sounds fun. So uh, thank you. I made it a lot more entertaining than if it was just me talking to myself. I enjoyed it. I, I feel blessed to be a guest host on this. Good. First one. First one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good. You can always invite me back unless I did terrible and okay. the viewers say so. Okay. I listen to the viewers. I bow to their will. Okay. If Chaz did a horrible job, give us a five-star review and, <laughs> and let us know. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I know this is a little bit shorter one, um, but again, Chaz, you did great with what you were given. You did awesome. Um, and uh, we will see you guys, or I guess you will listen to us in a couple weeks. So uh, play us out, Larry. Larry.